Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, this is Adam from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. You are listening to the Q&A. If you'd like to watch us live, we stream every Friday over on YouTube. Just search for Fantasy Football Scout. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone, welcome back to the proper Q&A ahead of Game Week 2. <laughs> None of this Gianni Petici from Fest nonsense. We've got the Queen of FPL herself back in the room. It's Sam. How are you, Sam? I'm really well, thank you. This is a nice introduction. Like, what's going on? I always try and give you a nice introduction, <laughs> don't I? I? You know, I, 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 these are my favourite part of the week, so I've got to be nice to... Do you know, you know, I've really missed this. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been ages. End of what? Mid May or something? End of May when we when we last did uh, these? Yeah, probably was, wasn't it? Because yeah. did we do it? Although we did do, we did do a couple of streams together when the game was launched. We did, stuff like that, yeah, didn't but... we? But not a proper Q and A. Q and A. These are these are our bread and butter right now. These are. This yeah. is the thing we're good at. <laughs> well, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about the advice we give, but yeah, hopefully it's. Uh, Excuse me. We give expert advice. Re- relatively advice entertaining. <laughs> Um, yeah, hi everyone in the chat. Uh, there's already 163 people watching. Apologies for being a bit late. It's my fault, um, as usual. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to get your super chats in, Sam and I will answer all of those as best we can. Um, 50% of all money raised from all super chats across all of the Q&A streams will go to Street Child United. Um, there's a link to that in the description um, below. Essentially, it's helping uh, homeless children around the world um, have a better life. What can be a better charity to donate to? Uh, than that and you can have your FPL questions answered um, as well I haven't put our ranks on the screen Sam thought it best not to um, not to detract from from anything you know it's, oh uh, what what's yeah. the rank oh no it's mean, meaningless I've always, I've always said it doesn't matter until at least game week six I might start thinking about it but more likely it'll be like game week 10 before I care where my yeah, rank is yeah I think so I mean it's not nice to get off to a bad start is it I mean ideally you want to get a, you know be at least in the top million uh, at least in the top three million uh, at least in the top five million <laughs> after game week one but you know but equally I never start well my game week one is always awful even in the seasons where I finish yeah. really high game week one for me always dreadful Game week two, normally really good. So, no pressure there, Sam. Got to fix it this week. Well, hopefully. Hopefully we'll both have a, a much better game week two uh, than game week one. Um, hopefully we still, you know, we can still give some advice. That'd be, be fine. Uh, let's just take some, no super chats yet. Uh, get them coming in. We've have got some questions and some nice comments. Paulie G asked, will my internet hold up today? Oh God, did you see Black Box the other night? Absolute nightmare. Just, you were watching. <laughs> oh, four attempts with my, my internet cutting out. And normally my internet is, is all right. So 
I don't know what was going on. It reminded me of like Andy North's, you know, or, or you know, the Oval Internet. Just, mm. But yeah, it was it was terrible. Hopefully it'll cut. I'm, I'm still plugged into the Ethernet. I've got a cable running like through the wall, down the stairs, <laughs> into the box. That's you know. Till the turtle eats it. <laughs> yeah. No, he tortoise. He's not a turtle. He's oh, a tortoise. tortoise. Oh yeah. Sorry. For God's sorry, sake. Yeah. Everyone They're highly it... different. Well, turtles can swim. He can't swim. <laughs> Stick him in a pond. See how he does. He won't be very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, right, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Nimrod Sharma. Uh, I'm just going to take some some normal normal questions before uh, Super Chats come in. Um, good afternoon. Love to. Oh, that's Super uh, New Crabs. Uh, Nimrod asked, "Ditch United assets of this game week." I mean, you're brave to have United assets. I think going into game week one. Do you? Who do you have? Rashford. Oh yeah. What do you make of that? Rumors of PSG. Mm. They've, they've been they've been sort of oh. quashed a little bit. Well, the thing is that the opening two fixtures looked reasonable for some attacking returns. Brighton and Brentford, I was like, you know, if if, if they're going to score without a striker, surely Rashford's involved. He was nice price point. I was like, it's, it's a good price point to have somebody in the game at. So that was kind of why I went with him. Um, am I feeling the love? No. Am I slightly concerned about all of this now? Rumour stuff about PSG and everything else? Yeah, absolutely. But equally... I kind of feel it's not a problem to solve this week. It's it's probably a problem for next week or mm. a later date anyway. So, yeah, I'm not hugely happy with my decision to have Rashford. But equally, I think if if United had scored last week, it looked likely that it was going to come from mm. him or at least he was going to be involved in it. So that gives me some hope that all is not lost on the Rashford front. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a mixed bag for, for United. It's Brentford next, which, you know, for the attacking assets should be, should be. I think the, the answer to my, that question for me is if you've bought in their attacking assets, I wouldn't sell them off the back of one game week. No, you have to keep. But defensively, I think they're just really going to struggle. I mean, it's Brentford away next and then it's Liverpool and then it's Southampton. Okay, that's a good game. But then it's Leicester and then it's Arsenal. I expect United to concede in every one of those games. Southampton's mm. probably their best chance of a clean sheet out of those five, but even that, I wouldn't be surprised if Southampton even found with, a way. With James Ward Prowse around, though, could they could exactly. score. So I think United defenders, you know, if you have started one of those, I, I wouldn't have started one of those anyway, but if you have, then maybe it's time to. I mean, if you've got Dallow, for example. Yeah. But then is it, if you've got Dallow, it's not probably a priority transfer. No, Dallow. it's probably not, unless he's a starter for you. But Unless he's. If Dallow is one of your starting defenders, then yes, it probably is a relatively quick transfer out that yep. needs to happen there because there are better options in that five point in that four point five bracket. Yeah. I would yeah I, I if you've if you've taken a punt on Sancho or um or Rashford, give him another give him another week or two. Brentford Brentford, you know, it, it could be completely different. Brighton, you know, as biased as I am, Brighton are a really good side. And you know, and, and Brentford did well to get the point against Leicester, but Sixty minutes into that, and, and it, they oh, kind of lost. Really well. Yeah, exactly. They played really well. So a, di- a different United could turn up. You got you got to give them a few more games. Um, Nuclear Adam says good afternoon. Love you. Good afternoon. Definitely afternoon. Well, maybe it's good for afternoon. maybe it's for Nuclear. It might be where Nuclear yeah. is. It's, it's normally afternoon when we do these, but we've, we've got a bit yeah. early today. Uh, love to have the show back. I was worried Sam might be too busy with FPL pods. Sam is never around anymore. It's horrible. I am. Don't say that. I am around. He's doing the Premier I'm... League stuff. You're doing photo shoots. You're off on like, the Sky thing tomorrow. You're doing the pods. You've got no What's time. What's happening in my life? As I've always got time for you. Yeah, always. Good, good. I will never not have time for you. <laughs> but life is a bit mental at the moment. So I'm also off to Legoland next week. So oh, yeah. You're going to Denmark, aren't you? I'm going to Denmark yeah, next nice. week. So, yeah, it's all, it's all go in the uh, Bournefield family household. However, always got time for a bit of Q&A action with us. 
always. Lovely. Uh, and our first super chat, thank you to Naylor, MUFC. Uh, Kane and Harland, keep oh. Kane. Good fixtures coming. I'm guessing you've got Kane and Harland. So you're probably three men, right? Salah, Kane and Harland, unless you haven't got Salah. Um, you've got Kane and Harland and... No, you've got Kane and Salah. Yeah. Have you well, made... Well, I've got Harland and Salah. Uh, you made, you made the switch. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I... I went into the season, I don't know if I told you this at first, but my original intention was to go Kane game week one, Harlan game week two, Kane game week three, and then hold Kane for a few weeks. That was my plan. I yeah. planned I planned the hokey cokey. Um, and then I was worried that if Kane banged against Southampton, I wouldn't want to do the Kane out for Harlan thing for game week two. But obviously he didn't, and he blanked, and the for me in this early part of the season, the key is holding team value. And if you can increasing it, but certainly not losing it. And so selling, I sold Kane on Sunday night on our live stream, um, which was quite painful. Um, But for me, that was the right thing to do. I think if you own both though, I would absolutely hold Kane because I think the fixtures after this Chelsea game are really nice. Let's not, let's uh, Spurs goggles aside. Let's look at that game as just an FPL game. Spurs were good. And their assets returned well. So yes, Kane didn't get anything in that one, but that doesn't mean that he won't moving forward. It's mm. not like Spurs started really badly at the beginning of the season. You know, if you've invested heavily in Ronaldo, for example, then you probably want to move him on because United didn't look that good and they, you know, there's that moment, isn't there? But with Kane, Spurs looked good. It's not like you know he was playing in a team that were playing well, scoring a lot of goals. He's going to get goals. He's going to get returns yeah. this season. And the fixtures are really nice after Chelsea. This, I think, I'm slightly worried about the game week two fixture because we never play very well against Chelsea. They always beat us. Um, but this season, I feel, is our best chance to go out there and, and kind of put a stake in the ground and, and show some ambition under Conte. I think we will. So, yeah, I think if you've got both, Kane and Harlan, then you hold. If you've just got Kane, then there is definitely a conversation to be had about whether you should be moving to Harlan. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things to, to unpack here. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what, what Naylor's kind of system is. I mean, I'm guessing if he's got Kane and Harland, he hasn't got Salah, right? And I think yeah. it's pretty clear that Salah and Harland are the two best premiums to, to own if you're going to go with the two. Premiums. I don't think you can argue with that, right? I mean, there's other good options. Son, I think I've got De Bruyne. He's fine. Kane. But if you're going to pick two premiums right now, you're going to go for Salah and, and Haaland. Yeah? I think right now you are. Yeah. yeah. I think longer term, it might be that you can swap Salah for Nunez and then have a juggle around with the way that your premiums play, depending upon the impact that he has on the Liverpool system. Would you do that right but, now, though? But I wouldn't do it right no. now. No, I would. I'll, I'll be watching what happens in the Crystal Palace game. I think we need to see Nunez start a game. For me, mm. I would want to see him start. If you've got loads of money in the bank and you can want to be premiums, then fine. But for me, I'd want to see him start a game. The impact that that has on the system, the impact that has on Salah. Before I'd even think about not having Salah in my FPL team. So yeah, Salah and Kane from Salah and Harlan for me. Yeah. slip there are the key <laughs> premiums right now. Yeah, and, but, and then I think, because like Janny, for example, has got Kane, Haaland and Salah, so he's got the yeah. three. Um, but he's thinking of dropping Kane down because he's got a lot of weak <laughs> weak players because obviously when you've got the three most expensive players, it's, it, it yeah. does harm you quite a lot. So he's thinking of dropping Kane down, but very reluctantly. I guess then that's the argument of could you drop Salah down instead 
to Nunez if you've waited yeah. a week or two and, and keep Kane. Because, I mean, the fixtures for Kane are Wolves, Forest, West Ham, Fulham. Really nice run. I mean, Liverpool's are good as well. United, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Everton. The one thing I would say, though, about both of these is that you've got the cheaper option in both camps because you've got Kane versus Kulisewski. You've got Salah versus Nunez. And I don't think there's a clear answer yet on Salah versus Nunez. And I'm not sure that there's a clear answer yet on Kane versus Kulisewski. Because I, I do think that there is a possibility going through the, the next few weeks of this season that you could have Kulisewski and Nunez and deal with not having Salah and Kane in the way that the teams are playing and the way that they're set up. Yeah, I mean, someone someone said in the, in the chat the other day that... Um... You know, for Nunes to get 200 points, he's going to need to have an absolutely incredible season. For Salah to not get 200 points, he's going to have to have his worst season by far for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there is a big difference in price between them, obviously. But we haven't seen Salah and Nunez. We've not really seen Salah play in a team with a player like Nunez in the way that that might affect no, Liverpool. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the key for me is that we're not talking about if they'd signed a direct replacement for. Mane and it was just right we're going to stick with this system in the way that it is with Diaz and we're going to sign another Mane-esque player mm. or not signed anyone at all and it was just Jota and Diaz and Salah who were kind of the front three then it would be a no-brainer on Salah for me all season but because we're talking about a different player he's not a Firmino he's not a Jota he plays in a very different way to the way that we've seen Liverpool's forward players play in the recent past we did see Salah go further out when he was playing up front in when he came on in game week one. Salah's position on the pitch slightly moved. So it, for me, all of that is a is an up-in-the-air thing now that we need to see how those cogs work and how Klopp sets up his team and what he tells them to do. So right now, it's Salah. But I do think we could have a situation in two or three weeks' time where we're seeing really good stuff from Nunez. We're seeing still good stuff from Salah. I don't think Salah's ever going to become a complete mm. avoid. But maybe we can save some budget there. But also maybe we can save some budget by having Kulisewski over Kane. And I think that could absolutely be where we end up. It's interesting, isn't it? Because like, I've got De Bruyne, for example, and he's the, pre- he's the more kind of premium option. So I need yeah. him to outscore, you know, Haaland by quite a bit because I'm, yeah. for some reason, nailing myself to this no Haaland thing, at least for <laughs> at least for a couple of weeks. Uh, I love it when we go on these oh, like random God. things. I will not own that player. And I love when, like, and how then, and, should I be? And then people start saying to you, oh, like, oh, Az doesn't believe in Haaland. I like, no, I think Haaland's going to probably get a hat-trick against Bournemouth, but I'm just yeah. hoping that De Bruyne Praying can match it. for a but, miracle. Yeah, but then when you look at some of the other teams, I mean, that's a different one, though, because the most premium asset at... at um, at City can't really be matched. Those two, you can't you can't cover them with a Foden or a Mares or no, anyone. exactly, but, exactly. But Spurs, you could potentially be able potentially. to get some points from Kulusevski. Not saying you can. I mean, I'm mean, particularly still, if you double him up with a wing back. Exactly. I'm still expecting Kane and Son to you know outscore Kulusevski by a lot. But you've got to work out how much they've got to outscore them by for that four million difference. And it's the same with Nunes and, and Salah. So yeah, I totally agree. Interesting, interesting, very interesting. I think you know it is a it is an interesting dilemma. I think, and I think Nunes and Nunes is perfect for the league because yeah, that could be the shake up that we that we see in Liverpool. Could be. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping faith in, in Salah for now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, it's been a long time that one. Uh, Carlos E, uh, would you bench Trippier or Pereira? Oh, this is actually the dilemma I'm having. No way. This is, this is genuinely this is where <laughs> I am. Um, so until I read some news that Leon Bailey might not start 
this week, and then that's thrown me out a bit. Oh, you don't just gonna... don't just throw that out. What do you mean he's not well, going yeah. to? Who said that? Well, there, there was um. So one of the guys that I follow on social media, he's a Villa fan, and he posted this link to the, um, one of the newspapers in Birmingham, basically saying that Bailey was going to be benched this week after last week's result. Um, so I'm all ears on Neil this afternoon. Let's see what Neil's got to say in team news of whether there's anything. Because if that's the case, then I'm not problem solved. Because actually, I would, sorry, Az, but I think, whilst I think Brighton are great and and I really do like them, I think Trippier's attacking threat means I don't want to bench him against Brighton. Like, I just think that if he doesn't get a clean sheet, then fine. But I, I think there could be some attacking potential there. So I don't really feel like I want to bench Trippier. But Pereira so impressed me honestly it what is ridiculous here is that obviously Haaland impressed me let's you know there's no there's nothing um else to say about that Kulisevsky impressed me but it was Pereira that impressed me the most in game week one he was the player that I had watched and was most excited about he's 4.5 million he was on corners he was on some set pieces he was attacking all the time and this was against Liverpool like this is not against like I don't know, one of the low, lower teams or one of the other newly promoted teams that he knows really well. This is against Liverpool, who are going to be in the hunt for the title this season, and he plays like that. So for me, I wouldn't want to bench him either. So I'm going to be listening to Neil very carefully, because if Bailey's not going to play, then I'm going to, or not going to start, I'm going to bench him and I'm going to play Pereira and Trippier. Otherwise, I'm backwards and forwards on this all the time. And I think I'll probably end up starting Pereira just because the attacking okay. threat is there. What would you do if you had them both? Do well, you have them both? I've I've got Pereira. I I wish I had Trippier. I, I went for Dean instead, didn't I? Which which was uh, uh, yeah. Well, I've got fun. Cash as well. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, this this all is funny games this, in the Villa. Love this is camp. this is why we're both sub five million after game one. Uh, these these kind of players. I'm in Villa. Yeah, I mean Newcastle were, were really impressive. But it's it's hard to judge them against against Forest. They were they were really really poor. But Trippier mm. has got the free kicks. He's got you know the the attacking potential, like you said. I think Newcastle are a good defensive side. We struggle a bit at home as well, Brighton. Yeah, it, you're worse at home than you are yeah. away, aren't you? I mean, it is our first home game of the season, which you would hope would give the players a lift rather than <laughs> massively, you know, stressing them out. Uh, that can that can kind of come later in in the season. So I, I do think we'll score. I think we'll get one. I've, I've got us down for a, for a, a narrow win in this. My dad, if anyone cares, but my dad, he's very good at predicting Brighton results. He thinks it's going to be a draw, a score draw. So see, I could see a score draw in this one. Yeah, but but I do. I would back Trippier to be involved in in that. Well, this is it. I think I think Pereira was incredibly impressive, and and I did a stream earlier in the season with, with Luke where we were talking about it. We both kind of said, from what we've seen, he doesn't seem that great like a player. Obviously, it's all relative. He's much better than me. Much better than you know Premier <laughs> League standard. It's definitely better than me. That's yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> he's, he's better than you know most. But I hadn't really been too impressed with what I've seen him at United, and you know it's very difficult to judge, but. It was such an impressive performance from Fulham. And I think the, the key thing about Pereira in that system is Mitrovic. Yeah. Because if he's on they set pieces together. and if he's playing that advanced, he is gonna, he's going to get returns because he's going to yeah. set Mitrovic up for, for chances. Mitrovic going to set him up for chances. Now, the way Mitrovic holds up the ball and can lay it off, that means Pereira is going to run in. So the question for me is, I think Trippi is a safer option because I think you know what you're going to get with him. You know you're going to get the set pieces. You know you're going to get him attacking. You know you're going to get a good thing. Can Fulham match that intensity they had against Liverpool? Because it couldn't be further down, really, a team like Wolves. like They are a, a struggling team that a lot of people are expecting Fulham to beat after, after Wolves' first I am. Match. I'm expecting Fulham exactly. to win that game. So it's a very different type of game for, for Fulham. 
And I think that's the gamble you take. If you think Fulham can reach that level again against Liverpool, you play you play Pereira. If you are a bit more, if you want to be, if you'll be a bit safer, then you then you play Trippier. Personally, I play Pereira because I always want to go for that bigger, that potentially bigger hall. Yeah. I think his I think ceiling, as they say, is is bigger for Pereira. It's higher, yeah. And the thing is with Wolves, I look at them and I just they they just look poor. And now they've not got Cody either in that defensive structure, so they've got problems. Um, and I think Fulham. Look, if I was Fulham, having just got a draw out of Liverpool, I'd be going into that game all guns blazing. Yeah, absolutely. Wolves yeah, going, so, totally. well, look, if we can get a point from Liverpool, we can get three out of these guys in Wolves. And, and the fans will be lifted by that. Mitrovic looked fantastic. Like, we had all that conversation, didn't we, in pre-season about is he going to be the Mitrovic of the Championship or is he going to be the Mitrovic of the Premier League last time we saw him? Um, and he very clearly signalled some intent in game week one and Pereira like you say I thought was fantastic so for me I think Fulham were the surprise packages of game week one and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them do really well again in game week two which then means I don't want to bench the player that I think has got the most creativity amongst that team in terms of route to points. So it's a very long-winded way of us both saying we think we both bench Trippier but there's not much in it. No, and if there's no, there's I mean, maybe there's someone else you could bench. Like if you've got Dallow or I don't know, <laughs> if you've got somebody else that you can bench, then maybe it's worth looking at them because I actually think both of those options are decent for this week. Yeah, that's encouraging to hear that because I'm, I'm playing Pereira and it didn't feel great in game week two to be playing a 4.5 million mid. Uh, but, I think I'll play him every week. Yeah, yeah. He's... I think he's one of those players we could be benching. Like, you know when Lindstrom came to the fore and it felt really ridiculous to be playing a a really cheap mm. budget player every week. But then the returns were fantastic. So, and I, I there's a chance that Pereira does the same thing, you know? So good. I like the, I like, I like the optimism. Be positive. Yep. <laughs> uh, Simon asks, attempted to have rotating Spurs wingbacks. I am. So mm. I'm guessing that means like a Sessegnon and Perisic double up, right? And then you try yeah. and predict which one is going to start each week. I, that sounds like the worst thing for my mental health <laughs> ever <laughs> uh, the thing is you can't predict which one's going to start every week I mean you you might be able to have a, a guess but you're guessing at Conte's genius brain I my concern with doing it so I think it works in some clubs but my concern with doing it as birds is he's going to put them both on every week yeah that's so it. one of them's going to start and the other one's going to come on on 60 70 minutes and then they might maybe that happens for a couple of games so I think Sessignon will start this week I think Sessignon will continue to keep his place. He was brilliant against... I know it was Southampton and they were poor, but he was fantastic. And he made this really interesting comment after the game on one of the Spurs interview channels that he did where he was talking about how just before the goal that he scored, he missed a run. And he thought... He said, in my head, I thought, I can't miss that again because if I miss the next one, the gaffer's hauling me. Mm. So the next one he made and scored. So there is that element of competition there. Yeah, they, there's that element of knowledge in their minds that there's somebody else that's really decent and wants my spot. So I have to be the very best version of me that I can be. And that is something I think Sessignon has needed because over the last couple of seasons, he hasn't been great. And I've every time he's played, I've been like, why? <laughs> why are mm. we playing this guy? But this time against Southampton... 
and yeah, all right, he was against Southampton, but he was impressive. And there was an attitude change in him. And that's come because Perisic is there. He, he's, he waxes lyrical about Perisic and the learning that he's had since he's arrived at the club. So my feeling is they're going to share minutes. Obviously, that's going to get worse around the Champions League when that kicks in. But I don't think you can predict it. And I think you could end up with a situation where every week you're kind of looking at Sessegnon and Perisic and going, well, who's going to get the 60 minutes? And you'll probably get that wrong 50% of the time, mm. which would stress me out. Yeah, it, it's it's really tricky because what Perisic owners like myself didn't want was a amazing Sessegnon performance. Because I think there was there was always that doubt that, that Sessegnon would... would would play and Perisic wouldn't because I think you know when Conte said I wanted to give, keep faith in the team that got us fourth last season and you know Perisic yeah. had, had that injury there was enough doubt you know to, around game week one but my thinking was Perisic is a Champions League player he scored in a World Cup final he knows yeah. Conte really well he's come in to take that spot and take Spurs to the next level That's all, and that is still yeah. what I feel is there Sessegnon isn't that player I think Sessegnon is a good no, player I agree with you I but agree. he is he's a rotation player I think and Perisic is, is going to be number one choice but how long do you wait until Perisic becomes number one choice mm-hmm. that's the question so I just don't I don't know if we can predict it I mean if Sessegnon starts against Chelsea and Spurs win does that mean Perisic comes in, in against Wolves in the game that we all want him for mm-hmm. not necessarily I mean Sessegnon might just carry on playing while Spurs are, are winning if Chelsea, if if Chelsea win, that doesn't necessarily mean that Sessegnon won't play if he plays well. It's 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 too, it's too tricky. Yeah. And it's a fitness thing, right? So Conte's wing backs are they need to be fully fit. If you're going to play in that wing back system for Conte, you need to be peak condition. And I'm not sure that Perisic is there yet. I think he's nearly there, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Which means for me, I think he's he's going to start setting on against Chelsea. I think Perisic will come on against Chelsea. Probably come on for the last half an hour of the game in a similar way to what we saw against Southampton. But I, it, but like you say, if Sessegnon is then brilliant again against Chelsea, if Spurs keep a clean sheet, if he gets more attacking returns, if he's if he's the attacking threat we saw against Southampton again, what does that mean for game week three? Mm. What happens if he does it again? What does that mean for game week four? Like, could we end up with multiple rotation going on? Yeah. I mean, we saw Conte use all five subs in game week yep. one. That is going to be a regular thing with, with Spurs. So you've got to play those positions really carefully and just be mindful of that if you're going to invest in the wingbacks. I want to invest in the Spurs wingbacks, but I am waiting probably until game week four yeah. to see what's happened over those first four weeks to decide what I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, I if Perisic... You've got to hold though, surely. I think, I, I, think, I think you have to hold, yeah. I think you have yeah. to give it one week and, and just assess because game week one, it's really hard to draw conclusions from it. Yes, Session played well, but maybe Perisic wasn't fit. Maybe there's other reasons. Maybe Perisic comes straight in against Chelsea. I'm not saying, do, yeah. I'm not saying he will do. I think Session probably starts it, but he could do. And then that changes things even more. We just don't know really know what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, have one more week of data. Let's see if Session, if, if, if Spurs win 3-0, Session gets another goal and plays really well, I think that's the end of Perisic, that, that experiment. But we never know what can change in, in game week two. So I'm, I'm holding for now and I'll assess. But in answer to the question, I would... I don't want to use two defensive spots trying to work out which wing-back is going to start and which one isn't. I think, if fully fit, Doherty is the favoured on the other side, mm. though, over Royale. So I think in game week one, he wasn't fully fit. I think there's less risk of rotation on that side of the pitch. I think there was still... We'll still see Doherty going off and Royale coming on. But my, my feeling is that, that Doherty is the preferred on that side. So maybe if you do want to go wing backs, then although less 
sexy as a pick than going with Perisic. Maybe that's an option in a couple yep. of weeks' time when fully there. Yeah. Although Royale played well as well against Southampton, so he did. But that's mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I never really trust Royale's final finishing ball, and I think if if you're going to if you're going to be a wing back successfully in contest system, his final ball has got to be much better yeah. than it has been in previous seasons. I am playing Pereira over Perisic this week, just for yeah, anyone, I would, I would anyone wondering. Um, and I, but I'm, I'm happy to leave Perisic for a week. The, the issue is going to be if he drops in price. That's going to be really hard to, to stomach. Yeah. But if it happens, uh, it happens. Um, I think we're up to date with Super Chats. So thank you again. You've got to go in five minutes, haven't you, Sam? I'll be here until um, 12. No, not 12, 11. Oh, <laughs> 12. my God, if you're going to be God, here until 12. I'm not here until 12. What are you no, going to no. do? Who are I'm, you going to be talking to? I mean, we're left in the chat. I'm here till 11. So if, uh, Just if, you and Jake? Yeah. <laughs> Jake. He's down there. No. Uh, okay, so let's go back to the top and uh, take some more questions. Um, Erling asks, no love for Jared Bowen. I think Bowen is an awesome pick this week. Against Forest. Okay, I right, I love Jared Bowen. I think he's a fantastic player. I thought West Ham were truly awful in game week one. And that would really worry me going into game week two. Like I we did I did the official pod yesterday with Mark and we were talking quite a bit about Nottingham Forest and I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if Forest get something out of that game against West Ham. That's what I just Mark thought said. West Ham. West Ham looked really off it. And I know that they were playing Man City, right? So leave that aside. But if you just watch them, they've got problems at the back. So they're playing Ben Johnson at centre-back, which isn't ideally where they want to be. It's the first time going for Forest of the new season. They lost in game week one in a way that they would have been disappointed because they did deal with Newcastle for a big chunk of that game and Newcastle were like at them the whole time. So I don't trust West Ham. Yet, I don't. I thought Antonio didn't look fully there yet. All right, they didn't get a lot of the ball and he didn't get a lot of service. But Bowen is the best pick. If you're going to go West Ham, Bowen is the best pick. He's a good differential. But I just don't. I'm not convinced that West Ham win that game. My counter argument is that defensively, okay, nightmare. I mean, they've they've sold Diop, which is surprising given that. Yeah. Obona's out, uh, Aguard, who I keep thinking is Aguero whenever I see him on the list. I know, I not, do too. Definitely not Aguero at centre-back. Aguero! Um, you know, they're, they're, they're still trying to play this three at the back system, so that means Johnson's coming. I mean, he's not, yeah. a, he's not, a, he's not, a, he's not a central defender by, by any means. So, completely agree, they, they've got issues. But Forrest were really bad. I thought they were really bad. They looked like a team of patched-together players with no time to gel. And there's more signings incoming. I did, yeah. And he, I mean, he agreed. To be fair, I mean, there's, you know, they look they look really poor. They didn't really offer anything, you know, in in, in any sense. They were they were they looked mm. shaky from set pieces. They were shaky defensively. They didn't have a lot going forwards. And it's going to take them time to to gel. And I do worry for them in the early, you know, in, in, in the first kind of eight to ten weeks because if they don't pick up, if they pick up really few points, even when their team does start to gel, it might be too late and they might be kind of cast adrift. So, I think this is a really good time to target teams playing. Forest. I do agree with you though. I mean, it's very hard to judge West Ham against Man City because Man City were. It is, it is. They were just so were dominant. Great. Like the way they just won the ball back and the chances they created. Yeah. You know, they lost Fabianski as well pretty early and Ariola gives away that, that penalty kind of straight away. I don't think we can we yeah. can write them off. And the fixtures aren't bad for West Ham. I mean, they've got Forest, they've got Brighton at home, Villa. And then it's Spurs and Chelsea. They're not great, but they're not awful. The problem with Bowen, and we said it pre-season, eight five. 
he's eight five. He's not he's not an easy move from a mount or a or, or someone. He's he's got to be that 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 point five more. And yeah. I like him as a differential. And you know, I did toy with the idea of putting him in the scout squad for for scout. Um, but in the end, I, I thought there was a couple of other options. If you want to take a punt, I don't mind it. But I can see the question is: Is he being overlooked? And I think yes, but probably rightly so for now. I would probably agree with that. I think, I mean, he is being overlooked, but I think it's probably for the right reasons. I just don't know that you can... Look, he was phenomenal last season and West Ham were playing really well. And I think West Ham will be good this season. I don't for a minute think that they're going to be bad this season. But I don't think they're there at the moment. I think this season, last week, starting with Man City is not great. I think this is a difficult game against Forest. Forest have to now go and get something in front of their home fans. The, The occasion on Sunday, I think it's on Sunday, is massive. That is a huge thing mm. for us. First game back in the Premier League, massive. Like It's going to be intense being in that stadium. And we saw it and from I'm, Bournemouth, right? Everyone had written Bournemouth yeah. off. And... I'm, I am... I would not be surprised at all if Forrest gets something from that game. I really wouldn't. And yes, Bowen can get something because Bowen is a magician. Uh, he is the magic in that team, right? He creates stuff. He's attacking. He's he's great, but I just don't know that West Ham are fully on on point yet. Not in Forest certainly aren't either. But I do think at home, I think they from, will have that motivation. Yeah. You, I mean, you might be right. My my feelings are: it's we can't judge West Ham off the back of that, but we we can judge Forest more because they. I mean, uh, City just City, City just dominated that game, and and West Ham just couldn't get a foothold in it, but. Forest just looked bad. Like they just couldn't pass. They couldn't. They, did you see that set piece routine they tried to do? Where they all ran at the same time. I, just, I don't know. It's just weird. Like they just looked like a weird patched together team. I didn't like it. Um, anyway, we talked way too long about this game. Um, do you need? <laughs> do you need to go? It's fifty-two past. Well, I got two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, we have got go one. On. One, Let's one, do more. one more. One more super chat. Um, I haven't noticed this, but Alex H in the chat says, um, "Is Walker an issue if Tierney goes to Man City?" And it has just what? been reported on Sky News that Man City are plotting a late swoop to sign Kieran Tierney. Are they? What a weird signing! <laughs> Where's that come from? I've not heard that. Yeah, it's literally. It was posted at eight thirty-two this morning. Wow. I mean, look. I don't think. Right. This is me trying to read Pep's mind the most impossible thing to do in the world but I don't think that he's that happy with just going through this season with Walker with because there isn't really a backup either at the minute it's kind of like Walker and then what happens if Walker gets injured well, it, it, or, would, it would have to be Cancelo to switching system, over and then Ake which, playing at left back which which it, he doesn't want to do no so you know Basically, he needs another. He needs somebody else in that position. I thought it was going to be Cucurella, and then, but obviously, sorry, as for bringing that up, he's gone to Chelsea. But I think they will have to sign somebody. The question is who. Now, if they sign somebody that's like, if they sign Tierney, then surely Tierney's. I mean, is so injury prone. They're gonna, but surely he would be first choice, no? If they sign Tierney, you would think so. I would have thought so because I think I think Tierney, a fit Tierney, offers better, probably yeah. more than Walker does now. I mean, Walker's been a great servant to the club. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, but he's he's he would be he's older now. Yeah, and... Tierney would add that attacking thrust down the left, and then they can move Cancelo to the right, which is where I think he's probably better. I think his link up yeah. plays better with with Foden and Mares on on the right. 
Um, so yeah, I would, I would to answer the question. Yeah, I think it, it definitely, um, it definitely affects Walker. If, if it would if, if they sign any anyone, I think if they sign any fullback, City over the price of about fifteen million. I agree exactly. Because you know? if they exactly sign like a, if, they, if they sign like a three million player. You know, yeah. it's probably going to be one for the future, or it's you know just yeah. someone who's going to be just in rotation. Backup. Exactly. Yeah. But if they go out and spend some money, um, then then I think it, it does affect Walker. It's one of the reasons oh. why I didn't I didn't want to start with him. And that's exactly why I didn't because um, Lee asked me if you uh, when we were playing in one game week one was in action. He was like, "Why did you not go Walker over Edison?" Because I've got the double up with Edison and Cancelo, and and I was like, well, "I just don't trust that Walker's going to be the number one choice in that position mm. for the opening. Even it's not even just for the season. I didn't trust it for the opening few weeks of the season, and I didn't want to be forced into a transfer because I would have my city slots all taken up with a player that then is a rotation risk. So. I went with Edison instead, and and I don't regret that decision because I think Can- I think Cancelo's you want, but Walker I don't think I would want to risk going for Walker over Cancelo only to then have a situation where Walker gets so they buy somebody who makes him a massive rotation risk because you're going to be wanting to be invested in that City defense. Good point from um, Inspector Goals, which is Luke and uh, Sam's podcast. I'm not sure which one of them it is. Uh, it's probably not Luke. He likes his disabled uh, tag. Um, they have signed a, a fullback already. Um, they have signed a, a eleven million pound left back from Anderlecht, twenty one years old, considered a development player. Yeah, and if but Tierney's not a development player. If they sign well, no. Tierney, that's different, isn't it? I mean, if, if you again, if you believe Sky Sports News, um, they say that uh, the intention is to loan out Sergio Gomez straight away. So. I mean, it'd be weird if they buy this fullback and then they don't buy another fullback and then they loan out the fullback and they just bought. One. Yeah, that that would be weird. My sense well, that is that suggests to me that they want, they know that they're going to sign another fullback. Well, exactly. I think they, I think they have to sign another fullback. I think that is just they you don't st- loan out a player that you've just bought in a position you need if you're not planning to buy someone else in that position. No, exactly. I mean, Harlan filled the void of the, the striker didn't have. Um, Phillips yeah. has, signed, has, has filled the void of Fernandinho and and that. Yeah. The other one is obviously to sign a fullback if, if they let Zinchenko go. I would be amazed yeah. if they don't sign another fullback in in, in this window. I um, but yeah. yeah, I would be. I would also be very surprised if it was Tierney because <laughs> that seems like but a really Dennis, strange choice. I'd be surprised if Arsenal wanted to let Tierney go as well. Yeah, well, I mean, they, I guess they have got Zinchenko there now, haven't they? At left back, and and maybe they are just sick of him being injured all the time. But and maybe City think if he's going to be playing less, maybe we need. We can give him less of a. I don't really know. I, I just. I, I think Tierney is, is genuinely one of the best left backs in the league when he's fully fit. When fit. But I don't. I wouldn't trust him at a, at a club just because of these fitness records. It's it's such a shame because he's such a talented player, but mm. just too injury prone. It's too oh, injury prone. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. I guess. Right. I better go. You go. I'm going to switch to one screen. I'm going to stand for a bit more. Will you stay. Should you stay, stay for a little bit longer now? Um. Well, I'm not here next week because I'm on holiday. I'm not here next week either. I'm going camping. Are you? So there will be no Q&A next week unless oh. Jenny steps up. But we will be back the week after, won't we? Of course. We'll be back together again. The of dream course. team at Reunited. Team. The dream team. For Q&A ahead that's, of game week four. That's been great. We had 700 <laughs> people in the chat. We've had some super chats, which is really nice. Um, loads of questions. Ask down for a little bit longer. Um, but obviously, if you only here for Sam, which you probably are, then probably time to drop off. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be yeah, honest. You can watch Man's Guys Spots News tomorrow, by the way. Oh, yeah. If you're interested. Yeah, what time? Uh, uh, 10.40. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'll tune in. 
I'll find out what's going on with Tierney, shall I? I'll go and... Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm really surprised. That's really shocked me. I'm going to go and read about that. Well, it, it's just, I wouldn't look too much into it. It's just a Sky Sports rumour. Good rumour. It is a good, good rumour. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it is an exciting mm. one. Yeah. All right, I am going there. Cool. See you later. Enjoy. All right, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, look at that smooth transition into uh, one. Um, if you have enjoyed the stream so far, um, do subscribe to the channel. Do make sure you like uh, this video. Really appreciate it. My kind of normal plug. Um, now I'll stand for another five, ten minutes or so. I don't think there's any more super chats, so I'll just kind of take some um, at random as we go. Um, Akbar asks thoughts on Grealish potential given Bernardo's likely departure. Further enhances in odds in our favourite game, Pep Roulette. Yeah. Um, yeah, Grealish and one. He's genuinely one of my favourite players. I, I love him. I think this is going to be a big season for him. Um, I think he'll play more. I think we, we've seen Pep, you know, uh, take a player in their first season, sort of manage them a little bit more than the second season, give them more minutes. He just is a gamble. I, I mean, Bernardo Silva was a player that was, you know, that is um, fine for his position. He can play on the left. He can also play in, in the midfield three um, as well which has been good for De Bruyne in, in previous seasons. Gundogan obviously had the, the game there in, in game week one. Um, Sterling's obviously left, so there's obviously less competition. The worry is just, just with, with Foden and Alvarez, there's still some players in there that could take Grealish's spot. The worrying thing with Grealish is that he needs to step it up to the next level and he didn't do it, I don't think, against against West Ham. I thought he was all right, but you know he, he got praised by, by Pep. Which isn't always the best thing. Um, I think he said like the goal belonged to Grealish or something like that for winning the the, pe- the winning the the, um, the the pass before the penalty. Um, whenever we hear that, it's kind of a bit like, oh no, why is he why is he feeling the need to big up Grealish when he wasn't really that great in that in that match? So a bit of a concern. Um, it might just be a bit of a confidence boost for him. You just want to see the Grealish that plays for England, right? And just you know take on take on people, get more involved in the penalty area, play with a bit more freedom. I still think he's a bit kind of worried about misplacing a pass and kind of losing his spot in the side. So he's a wait and see for me. I think he could be a, a great option for us. But for now, I would probably um, just just wait. Um, XXLMFDXX, which I thought originally was one of those spam um, accounts, but it's not. It's a question about FPL. Uh, have I screwed up bringing in Saliba over Zinchenko? Ah, well, I really like Saliba. I thought he was excellent in that game. I would never have gone for him game at one because I thought um, Arteta just doesn't like him at all. But he couldn't have done any more in that match. So I think he's really interesting at 4.5. He's like 80% up to a rise. I think he could go up before before the deadline um, or tomorrow. So, you know, you might want to feel like you could move on him. The issue is really if Tierney doesn't go to sea and he comes in and if uh, Tommy Asu's back... The back line could be shaken up a little bit. Um, Zinchenko could move into midfield, for example, which makes him a better option, um, which I like at 5.1, I think he is now. That's the best issue he's gone up to that point one bracket. Um, what happens with Saliba when Tomiyasu comes back? Does Ben White replace him? I mean, ben White hasn't really done anything wrong. It'd be a shame if he just completely did, didn't play from now on. Um, I think it's Saliba's spot for now, for sure, given his, his performance in game at one, but there could be problems if he, his performance levels dip a little bit and then he's got Ben White kind of waiting um, in the wings as well. Or maybe Ben White just carries on a, a right back, but he's not a natural right back. So I'm not entirely sure that's that's going to happen. So my I'm I'm looking at Saliba 
basically. I think it would. I could do something like Perisic down to Saliba um, and Dean up to Reese James, for example, with two free transfers next week, which I do like the look of. So I want to give it another week. I want to assess how Arsenal look against Leicester at home. Saliba will start in that match. If he looks really confident and assured again, maybe Arsenal keep a clean sheet, then he might be someone that I, I do get. Um, if I'm picking a player for security, though, right now, if you ask me which one, I would go for Sinchenko. So have you messed up uh, right now? I would say no. Um, but in four or five weeks, you potentially could have done. Um, I'm not expecting huge hauls from Zinchenko. Uh, I think his XG at City was really, really low. So unless he's being used in a much more sort of attacking role um, under Arteta, then it's, he's not going to be chipping in with too many assists or goals. His assist was pretty lucky, let's be honest. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be getting huge hauls. So I don't think there's a huge amount in it. So no, I would say that you, you haven't messed up uh, yet. Um, a lot of people ask me about Perisic and Pereira. I did uh, talk about this um, in the team reveal video I did yesterday, so so check that out. Um, I'm I'm holding on to Perisic because I, I can play Pereira this week, who I think is, is a good option, a genuinely a good option. Forget his price. Um, I think Fulham looked good. I think Wolves looked bad. And I think he was the main creator. So he, he could be 5.56 million. You know, if you're playing one of these daily games or something, Pereira isn't going to be the cheapest player in the game he's going to be sort of priced highly so that's the way I try and look at it in, in these kind of decisions so I'm happy to play Pereira save that transfer potentially deal with Perisic and Dean uh, next week of course I might have to deal with Haaland if, if he goes absolutely crazy and De Bruyne gets nothing um, I think I would be pretty unlucky though for De Bruyne to get heavily outscored by Haaland again I think Haaland is the better option out of the two don't get me wrong if I'm picking one I'd pick Haaland every day but is there going to be 10 15 points difference between them in a home match against Bournemouth. I think I'd be pretty unlucky with that. So I'm going to hold it for now. Hopefully I won't need to address that because it'd be two frees to basically switch De Bruyne to Haaland and I'm stuck with Dean and, and Perisic potentially. So hopefully I can just hold him for a little bit longer and, and sort those two issues out um, a bit later. Um, loads of people talk about Perisic. Perisic is the, is the big name, isn't he? Um, I, I wish I hadn't started with him, to be honest. I wish I didn't have this headache. Uh, you know, I, I, I could have... I could have just moved him down to a five, for example. I was looking at so many fives, Trippier, Gabriel, um, you know, and Zinchenko even, and I, and I ended up going for Dean. But even if I'd gone for two fives, I think it would have been better. And then I could maybe have moved up to Perisic. I, I, got, I just got, you know, when you just get it in your head that you just really want that player and you just can't shake it. It doesn't matter what you read, what you do, everything, that kind of bias just comes in. So, yeah, a bit of a shame. In fact, the more people told me to sell him, the more stubborn I was about keeping him. So, yeah, uh, not great. Um, I will take one more question uh, if I can find a good one they're just all about Perisic um, ba, 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 ba. OK I'll take Alex H's question about Darwin if Darwin starts this week with similar impact is it worth a wildcard soon to replace Salah with him early and spend the funds elsewhere that is a really interesting question if Nunes scores another double digit points against Palace and maybe outscores Salah we are definitely going to start seeing a shift of Salah to Nunes. If that's the right thing to do, I'm not too sure. I still think it's really, really early um, to know. I, I would want data to, to back it up. And I think that Salah to Nunes transfer, although it's going to be annoying if Nunes is 9.2, 9.3, whatever, you're still going to be saving so much money by, by dropping down. So I really do think we, we need to assess for a little bit longer just to see how Salah and, and Nunes perform in that team. I mean, Salah got you know, double-digit points and didn't play well and nor did Liverpool. Nunes came off the bench and got 
you know, two goals and and, and and that was fine. But, you know, it's United, then it's Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth in game week four, if you've already made that switch from Salah to Nunes and then suddenly it, we work out in game week four, that, oh, actually Salah is still the kind of main man and, and still the player that we want. It's going to be difficult for you to then get him back, especially if you've wildcarded and spread the funds around. So I think after game week four, that's when it's Newcastle and then Everton. Two good games on paper, but they're not Bournemouth. And they're not United the game before. I still think if we've got Salah, you keep him until after game before. Then you've got four weeks of data to work with. You can see what Nunes is like starting in the side, in the team, and then make decisions there. I can understand why people would want to move you know, quicker on that. But for me, I think you wait for at least game week four. We're all going to be wilding probably game week six, game week seven, game week eight. Anyway, you can make the decision uh, then. I still think Salah is, is the best captain option in game week three against United, in game week four, um, against Bournemouth, regardless of the impact Nunes has. So my advice is to stick um, and see. Uh, Dee McKinney asked about Bowen. Um, I, we did talk about Bowen earlier. Sam wasn't convinced at all. She thinks Forrest are going to win. I'm the opposite. I think West Ham are going to win that game comfortably. If you've got him, 100% hold him. 100%. There's no way you can sell him. Um, West Ham didn't look great, but it was City. Um, keep keep Bowen and, and definitely play him in this match. He's, he's the player that I wish I, I really had other than other than Haaland. <laughs> I do wish I had Haaland, but I also do wish I had Bowen um, as well. Um, I think that's about it. Our oh, City 87 were swapping Son for De Bruyne this week. Yeah, tricky one. I mean, Haaland is by far the best option in, in that City side. Um, so if you've got him, uh, I do like the double up, but then you're going to want Son back, I'd say, for, for, the, for the matches after. So... If you've already got Haaland, I think you probably just keep Son uh, and, and roll with that. If you haven't got Haaland and you don't want to take the hit, then then get, like me, get to Bruyne and it's your kind of main main city asset. Um, but I, if I already had Haaland, I, I wouldn't be swapping for Son for De Bruyne, no, because the, the fixtures are so nice for Spurs. Uh, and he could have had a big call, to be fair. Um, right, everyone, thank you so much for joining me for the Q&A. Um, it's great to be doing these again. Thank you for the Super Chats um, as well. Uh, as I said, 50% of all that money goes to uh, Street Child. United. Um, we'll, I'll be back uh, for the team news with Neil at three o'clock. Look out for that. Um, but for now, I will see you all very soon.